Patrol cover-up? Yeah, kind of looks like it. They want Trump dead. No, I mean seriously dead. This is a scary story we'll tell you about. Happened over the weekend. And a new Biden rule. No parents allowed. Here we go again. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. It's Monday. Ah, Gotta shake off the weekend. Uh, Hope your Monday morning is going well across America and around the world, wherever you may be watching the show. Wow, Hal, you jumped in early. Hal 9000, where's the Holy Land? Well, it's not in Israel. Okay. Uh, If you want to join our chat and follow our show, all you need is a free Rumble account, which is very easy to sign up for. In fact, if you click the follow button and you don't have an account, it will show you how. So that green follow button there is all important. It really helps the show, and it is 100% free for you. Please do follow our show. We really appreciate that. We also appreciate the good folks at Blackout Coffee who helped to sponsor this show. I am so proud to have these guys on board with us because this is a company that not only makes an amazing coffee, but is an American company through and through. They are awake, not woke. They are all about the USA. They use a small batch roasting process. They grow these beans from local co-ops and American farmers, and they do not put up with anything other than the best. They are 100% committed to making good coffee to our country, customer support, whatever it might be. Blackout Coffee is where it's at. It's what it's all about. I personally cannot recommend it strongly enough. From sourcing the beans to the roasting process, here's what happens. You place an order for a bag of beans, Within 24 to 48 hours, your beans are roasted and then shipped out, just like that. Another few days to get it to your doorstep, that's fresh roasted coffee. You absolutely will taste the difference. Never bitter, always full-flavored, robust, bold coffee. Look at these flavors. Brutal Awakening, Morning Reaper, Smooth Finish, Pitch Black Espresso. They're fantastic. And... Use the link in our show notes to get to Blackout Coffee. And also, when you check out, use the promo code J20. It's right there on the screen. J20 at checkout will get you 20% off your first order. J20, J-A-Y 20. Blackout Coffee. Look, here's a great idea, by the way. Let me show you something. They have holiday editions. Now, maybe you're not into flavored coffees, and that's fine. But uh, hang on a second. Let me get over here to the holiday editions. There we go. They've got some great flavored coffees if you're into that. Candy cane, winter wonderland, pumpkin spice, peppermint mocha, eggnog. Uh, What else we got here? Winter one, candy cane. Uh, Wow, look at that. Mm, 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 Yummy. All right. Hey, you know, great idea. You could pick some of this up as a gift for Christmas. You still have time. If you order now, you still have time. You will get it in time for the holidays and give out for gifts or make it a gift to yourself. You'll love it, I promise. If you're a coffee drinker, if not, check out Black Coffee for their line of flavored mochas and teas, all fantastic and all backed with that same guarantee of satisfaction. 
Blackout Coffee, not only are you helping to support this show, you're helping to support an American company that really does care about our values, traditional values, honesty, integrity, American values, Blackout Coffee, that's what it's all about. You check them out. Links in our show notes. Thank you, Blackout Coffee, for being part of the show. I we got stuff. We got lots of stuff. It's a Monday, so we're always jammed for stuff that happened all the way from Friday on through. And uh, <sighs> they're shooting at us, folks. They're actually shooting at us. Not kidding. Did you see this story? This is from the Daily Wire. This is scary. Iranian-backed terrorists fire a ballistic missile at a U.S. destroyer. This just happened. Houthi terrorists in Yemen fired two ballistic missiles at the U.S. destroyer in the Gulf of Aden just after midnight, Monday, today, after the vessel thwarted an attempt by terrorists to seize a tanker connected to an Israeli businessman. Wow. The USS Mason and Associated Aircraft got a distress call from that vessel saying they were under attack. They arrived, <clears throat> demanded the crew be released, and the five terrorists who boarded the ship got back on their small boat and attempted to outrun the U.S. forces, but they failed. At 0141 hours, November 27th, that's today, two ballistic missiles were fired from Houthi-controlled areas in Yemen toward the general location of the USS Mason and the MV Central Park. Mason is part of a uh, Dwight D. Eisenhower carrier strike group. The missiles didn't reach the destroyer. <clears throat> Not clear whether they were shot down or they just missed. But they're shooting at us. They are shooting at us. How long is it going to be before we're completely into it? Yeah. It was a rather sad day in New York. The story is from the New York Post, and it's... You know, when I read this, I didn't think it would really affect me, but it does. The Thomas Jefferson statue, after 187 years, almost two centuries, has been removed from City Hall. No longer in the room where it happens, art handlers packed up the statue in a wooden crate after an idiotic mayoral commission voted to banish the likeness of our nation's third president, one of the founding fathers, because he owns slaves. About a dozen workers 
spend several hours removing the painted plaster monument from its pedestal inside city council chambers, surrounded it with sections of foam and wooden boards, and then lowered the massive structure, there it is, down the hall, <clears throat> down the stairs, leading to the building's first floor rotunda with a pulley system and ushered the founding father of the United States of America out the back door. The woke won again. George Santayana, very famous quote, those who cannot remember the past are condemned to repeat it. He was a uh, Harvard intellectual, mostly wrote books that nobody reads. Henry Ford said, history is bunk. Henry Ford was a high school dropout. His inventive genius really transformed history. But both Mr. Santayana and Mr. Ford are wrong. History is not bunk. Men like John Adams, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, Ben Franklin, believed that history was the most important subject of all for citizens in a free republic to study. Even those who know and remember a lot of historical facts still repeat the mistakes of the past. Generation of politicians, military leaders in Europe in 1914, very well versed in history. Most were graduates of schools and universities that focused on Greek and Latin, study of ancient, modern history, and warfare. <coughs> and yet, in 1914, politicians allowed an assassination of a far-off corner of Europe to bring two alliances of the great powers to bungle into a war that consumes the life of 11 million soldiers. Forever altered Europe, the world, really. After World War I, generation of politicians many knowing and remembering a great deal of history, would follow the exact same course to an even more destructive war in which we lost 50 million men and women. The founders of the U.S. believed that the purpose of studying history was to make us better. Those who ignore history the quote, better as individuals, better as citizens. In other words, the founders shared the view that the classic Greek-Roman historians had, which was the study of history has a moral purpose. I don't want to get too highfalutin about this, but you think about that. Today, we don't believe that. Many books about history are still being written. Biographies of presidents become bestsellers. 
television channels entirely devoted to history, along with the electronic media, we are loaded, overloaded, with historical information. But as a society, as a collective, we don't think historically. We don't use the lessons of the past to make decisions in the present. God forbid anything about planning for the future. Those who choose to not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. How true. And there you go. Thomas Jefferson's statue and all the history that it represents. Gone. Because he was a slave owner, give me a break. All right, our lead story here, our thumbnail, it smells, it smells like a cover-up. Some Border Patrol social media accounts have gone dark. Bill Malugan has some big questions. The border, of course, has been out of control for some time now. We all know that. Oh, well, no, I was going to say, except the Biden administration. They know it, too. They just like lying to us. Biden seems rather uninterested in doing anything to stop the thousands, tens of thousands of illegals pouring across our border as we speak every hour of every day. It's gotten so bad, Republicans have even talked about impeaching uh, Mayorkas. It likely isn't going to happen because we have a Republican Party that has no cuevos. Mm, none. Zero. Cosón. Biden, even if Mayorkas was impeached, would likely just appoint somebody else equally as bad, if not worse, to the position. Customs Border Patrol is overwhelmed and not being allowed to do their job. Oh, and as we told you in one of our shows last week, now Mayorkas is focusing on making sure the Border Patrol agents use proper pronouns. So quite concerning when the chief patrol agent of the U.S. Border Patrol's Tucson sector, John Modlin, announced the Tucson sector's social media account on X would stop posting and go dark. In light of the ongoing migration surge, the social media account will be paused until further notice. We appreciate your understanding. Seriously? They're going to try us tell us there's such a crush of people. They needed to pull all the guys, even, even the nerdy ones who do their social media posting. And we're to believe that. Oh, yeah. 
The information accounts are being shut down because the Biden team doesn't want us to know exactly how bad things are. And that's the only reason they've shut these accounts down. Which you could find out from following these accounts. Not anymore. How convenient. Bill Malugan from Fox reports on border issues stunned by the action and wasn't shy about expressing it, especially in light of what they'd been reporting from that sector. Man. He said it was unacceptable. They're admitting things are so bad, they're cutting off any sense of transparency. No surprise, but that's exactly what they're doing. They routinely use photos and data from the account that it was unacceptable and a bad look. So there you go. They're just covering it up, folks. They just don't want you to see. They don't want you to know. Fortunately, we have people like Bill and the rest of the true reporter slash journalists, not these fake mainstream garbage bullshit artists who are actually telling the story. This just broke, I mean, a few hours ago. Border Patrol chiefs from nine different sectors, nine, have spoken to the House of Representatives about the huge surge in migrants and how much of a threat it poses to American national security and, in fact, the migrants themselves. The chiefs, Border Patrol chiefs, all agreed the numbers are unprecedented. And they've never seen anything like this in their entire careers. We are being invaded, and our own government is doing nothing about it. Look at that line. Look at that line. Just insane. And they just keep coming, and they won't do anything about it. Oh, well, they are doing something. They're shutting down their social media accounts, so you have less access to the information about the fact that we're being invaded. This story stinks. <clears throat> I guess, on another hand, sorry, I needed a coffee break there, blackout coffee. We can be thankful we're not in Ireland. You've been following that story? It's beyond all reason. After the stabbing from an illegal immigrant of three children, two adults. Fortunately, nobody lost their lives, but there were some very serious injuries. All hell has broken loose. If I'm not mistaken, the idiot prime minister is calling for more diversity in a country that's 95 plus percent white. Conor McGregor is not putting up with any of this crap. He has been very vocal. Obviously, he's a good Irishman. Now, true to form, he's being investigated. <laughs> 
for hate speech. He challenged the effects of mass migration and violence against children. Mixed martial artist, if you don't know who uh, McGregor is, professional boxer, former UFC champ, he finds himself under official scrutiny by Irish authorities following his online speech concerning mass migration and violence. McGregor's commentary occurred in the wake of vicious stabbing incident against three kids in Dublin, reportedly committed by an immigrant. McGregor argued mass migration is exacerbating the already severe housing crisis in Ireland and that this made basic living unaffordable to most citizens of Ireland. McGregor criticized local police chief for his lackluster response to the violent protest that broke out after this horrific incident in Dublin. So, because he exercised his right to speak, they're going after him. You see Tommy Robinson also he's he's been arrested. I mean I, my last update said he would he had been released. But yeah, for basically doing his job reporting on what was going on, they hauled him in. They're after the kids again. I told you we're not giving this up. Never not for one second will we ever not report on this kind of bullshit that goes on with this administration and it's going on again. Lack of affirmation is child abuse. That is a new Biden rule that applies to transgender standard to foster care. I hope you're sitting down Get your head shaker pillow ready, because this is one. Transgender orthodoxy may soon become the litmus test for parenthood. According to the logic of a new policy which is working its way through the Department of Health and Human Services, under Biden, a new rule in the HHS administration would apply the idea that any lack of affirmation in other words your child is a boy and says I feel like I want to be a girl and if you don't support them in that it would constitute according to this idiot rule child abuse Once that idea takes root in foster care, child protective service agencies gonna start applying it everywhere. Pretty soon, <coughs> excuse me, pretty soon they're gonna be coming in your house and taking away your kids simply because you're not putting up with this gender fluid horse crap. The rule basically reinterprets the Social Security Act, 
which requires agencies to ensure each child in foster care receives safe and proper care. This rule would lay out steps the agencies have to take to meet the requirement for LGBTQI plus children. Defined as, get ready, kids who identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, queer, questioning, intersex, as well as children who are non-binary or have non-conforming gender identity or expressions. So, you want to foster a kid? Better make sure you've drunk the Kool-Aid. And who's next? Mom and dad coming in to take your biological kids away from you? Because you don't subscribe to their bullcrap? It'll happen. It will happen. Mark my words. I don't know what to tell you what to do other than contact your representative, tell them how you feel about it, let them know you're not putting up with this crap and you will not put up with this crap. This crosses your line. Keep your hands off our damn kids. I say it all the time. I should put it on a t-shirt is what I should do. <coughs> Unbelievable. Unbelievable. They won't stop. They're going to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And the left can't seem to stop Donald Trump either. So, now they legit want him dead. This is incredible. And how this media outlet is allowed to get away with this is beyond me. The actual article is behind a paywall. You can read the first paragraph or something, but then you got to be a subscriber. And I wouldn't give this company one ounce of anything other than a bunch of grief. But the Epic Times did a great story about it. Links in our show notes. Media outlet Mainstream criticized over its decision to publish the article. Business Insiders criticized over the weekend after publishing an article that offered speculation regarding what would happen, quote, if Donald Trump dies while running in the 2024 election, end quote. That article was published Saturday, listed several different scenarios that would occur if the former president passed away before the GOP primary, during the primary, or between the primary and the general elections. Trump, of course, by far, by way far, is leading in all the polls. In fact, at this point, the rest of the field can just basically drop out and give up, save yourself the money and the time. They're beating, he's beating the number two and number three candidates by more than 45 percentage points. But this article, nine times inside the article in the Business Insider, 
mentions what would happen if the president, if the former president died. And in, after Insider published the speculative article regarding Trump's death during the primary, some conservative commentators offered criticism. You think? Some claim it was a part of an attempt to normalize the idea of President Trump's death, suggesting a nefarious plot could be carried out. This is insane. Now, I did, if I'm not mistaken, let me just double, yes. I put the link to the actual Business Insider article in our show notes. Here it is. This is the article that they, they ju we're just talking about. Here's what happens if Donald Trump dies while running in the 2024 presidential election. <coughs> it goes on, but you see here, now you have to be a subscriber. Please don't. Do not give these people a dime of your money or a second of your time. This is absolute crap. This kind of bullshit reporting from what claims to be a news outlet. Obviously, they're not. Unbelievable. Hard drugs. Hard drugs. Is, Hal 9000, what'd you say? Uh, the Holy Land, it's right here in each human being. Home. Wherever you may be. Aw. Hal. That was very nice. I like that. I like that. What else did you say? You drive a missile boat near me and I'll sink it. Why not? <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with you on that one. All right, this is an incredible story. Look, you all know my feelings on marijuana, pot, whatever you want to call it, ganja. It's not a drug. It should never have been uh, illegal. It's not only harmless, it is helpful in many, many ways. I personally do not smoke it. I have, as a teenager I did, have not smoked it in decades nor do I think I probably would. But having said that, anything beyond that, crack, cocaine, heroin, ecstasy, fentanyl, whatever, no. Those are drugs. Marijuana is a plant. In Oregon, they decriminalized hard drugs. Now, a lot of places across the U.S. have decriminalized, at varying degrees, <clears throat> marijuana use. In some places, it's just completely okay. Other places, it's like a parking ticket. Anyway, Oregon went a step further. They completely decriminalized hard drugs. And you won't believe what happened next. There is a price to be paid for bad policies, divorced from human nature. The AP reported Sunday, Oregon's first in the nation law to decriminalize hard drugs 
is finally facing some serious backlash. Good. May come as a surprise, but according to the AP, the state has seen an explosion of public drug use fueled by the proliferation of fentanyl and a surge in deaths from opioids, including children. Who could have seen that coming? Hmm? Measure 110, passed by the Oregon legislature in 2020, decriminalized several hard drugs, set up a fund with taxes from cannabis sales to invest in recovery. But what Oregon residents got was a whole crap load of drugs and no recovery. The penalties now for hard drug use, you know, all the biggies, heroin, cocaine, crack, fentanyl, are virtually nothing. Nearly worthless, the penalties are so light. Citizens caught with under a gram of heroin are subject to a ticket and a maximum fine of a hundred bucks. Barely more than the cost of a parking ticket these days. And it gets even better. Those caught with small amounts of drugs can have the citation dismissed by calling a 24-hour hotline to complete an addiction screening within 45 days. If you don't do a screening, though, you're not penalized for failing to pay the fine. So, basically, it's like nothing. This is for heroin and other hard drugs. What's really taken off? Fentanyl use. Obviously a huge national epidemic, killing lots of people, and made worse in Oregon by this new law. They already had a problem with drug abuse in Oregon, and this has made it a full-blown crisis. In Portland, been hit with the perfect storm of bad policies. Read the rest of this article. It's fascinating. What? Look at that. 1.26 police officers for every thousand residents because of, you know, defunding the police. Oh, yeah. How's that working out for you? And nobody wants to apply, by the way. They've been begging people to become police officers, and it ain't happening. You know what that is? That's an F around and find out moment. Hey, Karen. You know, I suddenly realized your name, although it's not spelled the way it's, you are hardly a Karen, if you know what I mean. But I guess maybe it's Corinne. Uh, marijuana is a huge threat to the pharmaceutical industry. <laughs> yes, thank you. Exactly right. One of the reasons why it continues to be uh, illegal in some places. You are exactly right. A huge that threat because the use of medical marijuana <clears throat> is just yet another of the benefits of this plant. All right. Yeah, shocking is right. 
<laughs> All right. Good to have you along, Karen. Thanks, Corinne, uh, for popping by the show. Corinne is in our live chat, by the way, which you can be if you have an account. It's free here on Rumble. You just sign up, give them your email. They don't spam your inbox. It's very easy to do. And once you've set up your account, you can follow this show. You can comment in the live chat. You can make comments. By the way, when you're in the live chat, that's gone when the show's over. There is no backup history of that. If you make a comment in the comment section, that's there permanently, unless I choose to delete it. But uh, just so you know, if there's something you want to get out there and you want it to be always a part connected with this video, put it in the comment section. Meantime, please sign up for an account, follow the show, and talk to us in the live chat. We'd love to hear from you. We really do. We'll give you a hat tip here on the show. And Karen says, no, it's pronounced Karen. I'm just not a Karen. Yes. <laughs> that is true. I'm sure you are not. <laughs> Isn't that funny, by the way? You know, I mean, how that Karen thing, we all instantly know what that is. <laughs> All right, I got one more for you. It's a bit of, it's, it's not good news per se, but it's damn funny news. You got to see this. This is insane, insane. Technician, hang on, hang on, wait. Let me get rid of the sound. Okay, you, you got to see this. This is absolutely nuts. Give me a second. I got to get it queued up. Hold on. All right, here we go. I'll give you the sound, too. Take a look at this. You know what that is? Well, that's a one of those big truck things that lifts a worker up to do work up in the air. <clears throat> but that big round thing is a telecommunications tower. It's got electronics. It, it shoots out signals. Apparently, a squirrel was using it to save his nuts. Now, stop it. Be nice. And they realized something was wrong with this tower and discovered this squirrel's stash of nuts and had to empty it out, which is a shame. Because apparently this squirrel put in a lot of work. Take a look. You will not believe this. Go ahead. Whoa! Look at that! And it just keeps coming. Look at that! <laughs> that is in, look at that! Unbelievable! And you know what? I'm sorry, but I gotta feel bad for the squirrel. Can you imagine the amount of work and effort that went into this storage? Look at that. 
I, I couldn't begin to guess how many nuts are there. The poor squirrel. He figured he's set for the rest of his life with nuts. I guess you're just going to have to start again. <laughs> that is insane. Absolutely insane. Look at that. Wow. <laughs> anyway, there you go. We always bring you the weird or the awe or some good news thing at the end of our... That's this part of the show. It's that part of the show, which is where we read books. And yeah, it's time to do that now. We're doing Treasure Island, which we have gotten in. I think we're in the third chapter of Treasure Island. We've done all kinds of great uh, children's literature on this show. We've also done George Orwell's 1984 and uh, Animal Farm, too, which was fantastic. Uh, right now, though, it's one of the all-time greats, Treasure Island, written, uh, first published back in, actually, uh, 1883. Wow. Incredible. That's, by the way, Treasure Island is not the original name of the book. It was originally called The Sea Cook, A Story for Boys. How cool is that? All right, here we go. You ready? It's where we left off on Friday in... Treasure Island. He got downstairs next morning, to be sure, and had his meals as usual, though he ate little and had more, I'm afraid, than his usual supply of rum, for he helped himself out of the bar, scowling, blowing through his nose, and no one dared to cross him. On the night before the funeral, he was as drunk as ever. And it was shocking in that house of mourning to hear him singing away his ugly old sea song. But, weak as he was, we were all in fear of death for him. The doctor was suddenly taken up with a case many miles away. He was never near the house after my father's death. I've said the captain was weak. And indeed, he seemed to grow rather weaker than to regain his strength clambered up and down stairs, went from the parlor to the bar and back again, sometimes put his nose out of doors to smell the sea, holding onto the walls as he went for support, breathing hard, fast, like a man on a steep mountain. He never particularly addressed me. It's my belief he had as good as forgotten his confidences. But his temper was more flighty, allowing for his bodily weakness more violent than ever. He had an alarming way now when he was drunk of drawing his cutlass and laying it bare before him on the table. But with all that, he minded people less. Seemed shut up in his own thoughts, rather wandering. Once, for instance, to our extreme wonder, he piped up to a different air, a kind of country love song that he must have learned in his youth before he'd begun to follow the sea. And so things passed till the day after the funeral and about three o'clock of a bitter, foggy, frosty afternoon. I was standing at the door for a moment, full of sad thoughts about my father, when I saw someone drawing slowly near along the road. He was plainly blind, for he tapped before him with a stick. 
wore a green great shade over his eyes and nose and was hunched as if age or weakness, wore a huge old tattered sea cloak and a hood that made him appear positively deformed. <coughs> I never saw in my life a more dreadful looking figure. He stopped a little from the inn, raised his voice in an odd sing-song, and addressed the air in front of him. With any kind friend inform a blind man who's lost the precious sight of his eyes in the gracious defense of his native country, England, and God bless King George. Where or in what part of this country may he be now? You're at the Admiral Benbow, Black Hill Cove, my good man, said I. I hear a voice, he said, a young voice. Will you give me your hand, my kind young friend, and lead me in? I held out my hand, and the horrible, soft-spoken, eyeless creature gripped it in a moment like a vice. I was so much startled I struggled to withdraw, but the blind man pulled me up close to him with a single action of his arm. Now, boy, he said, take me in to the captain. Sir, said I, upon my word, I dare not. Oh, he sneered, that's it. Take me in straight or I'll break your arm. He gave it as he spoke a wrench that made me cry out. Sir, said I, it is for yourself, I mean. The, the captain is not what he used to be. He sits with a drawn cutlass. Another gentleman, come now, march, interrupted he, and I never heard a voice so cruel, cold, ugly as that blind man. It cowed me more than the pain, and I began to obey him at once, walking straight in at the door and towards the parlor, where the sick old buccaneer was sitting, dazed with rum. The blind man clung close to me, holding me in one iron fist and leaning almost more of his weight on me than I could carry. Lead me straight to him, and when I'm in view, cry out. Here's a friend for you, Bill. If you don't, I'll do this. And with that, he gave me a twitch that I thought would have made me faint. Between this and that, I was so utterly terrified by the blind beggar, I forgot my terror of the captain. And I opened the parlor door, cried out the words he'd ordered in a trembling voice. The poor captain raised his eyes, and at one look, the rum went out of him and left him staring sober. The expression on his face wasn't so much of terror as it was mortal sickness. He made a movement to rise, but I don't believe he had enough force left in his body. Now, Bill, you sit where you are, said the beggar. If I can't see, I can hear a finger stirring. 
Business is business. Hold out your left hand. Boy, take his left hand by the wrist. Bring it near my right. We both obeyed him to the letter, and I saw him pass something from the hollow of his hand that held his stick into the palm of the captain's, which closed upon it instantly. And now that's done, said the blind man. The words he suddenly let hold of me, and with the incredible accuracy and nimbleness skipped out of the parlor and onto the road, where, as I stood motionless, I could hear his stick go tap, tap, tapping into the distance. It was some time before either I or the captain seemed to gather our senses, but at length, and about the same moment, I released his wrist, which I was still holding, and he drew in his hand, looked sharply from the palm. Ten o'clock!' he cried. Six hours! We'll do him yet!' And he sprang to his feet. Even as he did so, he reeled, put his hand to his throat, stood swaying for a moment, and then, with a peculiar sound, fell from his whole height, face foremost, to the floor. I ran to him at once, calling to my mother, but haste was all in vain. The captain had been struck dead by thundering apoplexy. It is a curious thing to understand, for I certainly never liked the man, though of late I had begun to pity him. But as soon as I saw that he was dead, I burst into a flood of tears. It was the second death I'd known, and the sorrow of the first was still fresh in my heart. That's the end of chapter three. We'll get on with chapter four, starting on tomorrow morning's show. It is called The Sea Chest. Cool. I, that's Treasure Island for the moment. Thank you so much, folks. Don't forget to hit that follow button. Get yourself some blackout coffee. Use the link in our show notes. Pick up a bag for a friend as a great Christmas gift. You still have time to order and get it in time for the holidays. <clears throat> They've got great holiday additions and all of their usual signature blends over there too. And our promo code J20, J-A-Y-20, will get you 20% off your first order at checkout. All right. That's going to do it. Thanks so much. I will see you all again tomorrow. Tomorrow.